So let us dive into the craziness that is the unnecessary makeover. Welcome back to Trope Time. I'm Nikki. And I'm Izzy. Today's episode is about the Clark Kent effect, also known as the unnecessary makeover. Trope Time is supported by our fans via our Nerd On Patreon account. For just a dollar a month, you can help support our podcast and other services on Nerd On. You will also gain access to Trope Time's Discord chat, where you can talk with Nikki and me about tropes in past episodes of Trope Time. Of course, if you want to give more, we would really appreciate it. Find more info about our Patreon account in the details of this episode. Nikki and I are also writers on the main NerdOn website, so check out our and all the other articles on our website at nerdon.tv. Awesome, and with that, let us begin. So let us dive into the craziness that is the unnecessary makeover. Yeah, um, we called it the Clark Kent effect because it's definitely the most well-known. Uh, yeah. Where... I, I, you know, and it's probably the biggest joke in the comic book arena. Yeah. And I always hated that as a main, like, defining characteristic of Lois Lane, who's this amazing investigative journalist that yes. literally a freaking pair of black rimmed glasses. And the woman cannot see that Clark Kent is the same as. Her beloved Superman. I know. I'm just like, they're, they're actually, I saw, I think a few days ago on Facebook, a comic yes. of Lois Lane um, putting a picture of her and Superman. And Facebook said, suggested, would you like to tag Clark Kent? And yeah. And she's freaking out like, yeah. what? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> everyone knows but you. It's just the saddest thing ever. I know. I, then, but I mean, like, and all of a sudden he becomes like super hot. Without his glasses? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that, especially of, um, I mean, now, you know, younger listeners may not realize that at one point wearing glasses was not that cool. Um, but yeah, it used to be this huge, I guess, visual thing. Like if you wore glasses, you inherently could not be sexy. Yeah. Actually, it's funny um, that you mention it in anime a lot when people are going into study nerd mode, they always depict them, the characters as having glasses on with like spirals in the eyes, like they're thinking mm -hmm. too hard. And then their hair is tied back because they're concentrating and don't want it in their face. And they're depicted as like not that cute anymore. Yeah. And can we talk about one of our favorite animes, uh, Yuri on Ice? Yuri with glasses versus Yuri without glasses. I know. It's like know. he even thinks that he is having this Clark Kent uh, Superman moment. And I feel like I want to compare like the visuals of them besides each other because did they physically like alter his face shape? They start us off with him being like regular weight, right? Yeah. In the very, very beginning. And then he gains all that weight and is wearing his sun his uh, glasses. And the only time he's not wearing his glasses in the very beginning part where he's still fat, if I remember correctly, is when he's actually ice skating, right? Yeah. But later on, once he, you know, 
is back to his actual training weight and all that other stuff. I can't remember. We'll have to go back and look on that. Maybe that'll be like a bonus uh, podcast episode or something in the future where we look at this again. And I just like, did they draw him differently with and without glasses once he's already, quote unquote, svelte? Svelte. I feel like they even changed his eye shape. Yes. But then I don't know if it's that whole thing with like, you know, animation studios rushing certain things. Because sometimes if you pause it at just the right moment, everyone looks super like derpy. Like they were drawn by inexperienced animators. And then in the next time, it's like super like crisp and beautiful. So I don't know if that's also a part of it. I'm I'm pretty sure they change his eye shape. Yeah. I mean, I would not be surprised if they do. I'm literally looking at it right now. So when he is in glasses mode, Mm -hmm. his eyes are rounder. Okay. More feminine. Ah, okay. They're yeah, more yeah. feminine because that's a, yeah. When you look at him in his, um, he's like squinty, right? Yeah, he's got like the thinner, you know, the the sexy so eyes. Squinty yeah. eye. Yeah. Like I, I have to squint. I'm so intense when I look at you. Well, that's how they draw all like the hot guys in in yes. even the Tome games and like in anime. Whenever you wanted to pick the hot guy, they have the eyes like thinner. Yeah, um, they're more and, rectangular than they are kind of roundish. Yeah, um, and I mean his hair is obviously different, but like whatever. But yeah, they change. I feel like they change the a lot of things. Is the stupid glasses because his hair is sort of the same. Like he slicks it. Back with gel. I mean, whatever. Yeah. It's a gel. But the glasses is the main thing. And if you're saying and confirming because you're looking at it that they change his mm-hmm. actual eye, like maybe he's squinting because he's blind and should be using glasses. It doesn't even <laughs> look like he's squinting. It just look. It, it looks like he's a normal, like sexy sultry guy. Yeah. Um, it also reminds me of the gel thing. Actually, now that you point it out, that's a huge trope too. I always see. Like guys in anime, Mm -hmm. they'll look whatever and then they put gel in their hair and it's like, whoa. (laughs) Everyone's like, wait a minute. Oh my God, gel. Forehead, what? Oh man, I can see. Oh, wow. I'm just like, (laughs) really? Okay. (laughs) Because I I, I remember um, there's a series called Nodame Cantabile and Chiaki is one of them. uh, He's a pianist and a conductor. Mm -hmm. Is normally kind of wild, but then when he's performing on stage, he flicks it back, and everyone's like, So sexy, so sexy with the gel. Yeah, Yeah. so we got the glasses, we've got the gel. All right, Mm -hmm. so the next one I'm going to go to, which also really hits home on the glasses thing, is if you grew up in the 90s, um, you know who Steve Urkel is. Oh, so Steve Urkel was infatuated with his neighbor. The girl. I forget her name. Yeah. Um, And like was constantly trying to hit on her. And it was actually quite creepy. But there was one episode in which I forget who convinces him that he needs to like completely redefine his identity in order for her to like him. And he becomes Stefan Urkel or Urkel. And he's French and therefore mysterious or whatever. So I guess pretending that you're French is another trope that we could deal with our uh, unnecessary makeovers, but he's same freaking person. Same. Sans the glasses. Yeah. 
it's a it's amazing how people's perceptions change based on just tiny things. Yeah. And I've had people like I wear glasses for viewers mm-hmm. who've never seen me, obviously, because we're on a podcast and you only hear my voice. Mm-hmm. But I wear glasses. And I've had people tell me like, oh my God, you look so different without them. I was like, do I really though? I don't think I look vastly different without them. But that's a whole other tangent. All right. So we're back to dudes getting makeovers. Because mm-hmm. we're going to do the guys first and then move on to women. Um, so back to the future. Marty feels mm-hmm. the very dire need to cool up his dad to ensure that his dad and his mom get together. But the sheer fact that Marty exists to do this means that they got fucking together. Yeah. Like his dad did not need to change for his mom to fall in love with him, get married and have two children. Pretty much. A way to be a super judgy, Marty. Damn. Back to the future. That's right. I mean, I went there. He, was, he was a terrible teenager. He really was. Yeah. Ah, okay. Then we've got uh, animation on the American side, Beauty and the Beast. Yep. I mean, I understand the impetus of all of the furniture and enchanted hexed people trying to be like, you cannot mess this up for us. Like the stupid rose is almost completely without petals. We're going to have to up the ante and Mm -hmm. really make you less horrible beast because you got us all in this predicament to begin with. I mean, for me, I'm just like, your personality is pretty terrible. I don't think yeah, no amount of window dressing. Outside, it's so yeah. much as that you're a terrible person. Yeah, no <laughs> amount of window dressing is going to fix that you are a terrible person. Yes. Oh, like, you're absolutely right. It's, like, it's just ridiculous. You walked her father away. Mm-hmm. She took your, her place and you were just going to leave her in the tower. If it wasn't for Lumiere, who was like, Dude, are you trying to get with her? You need to get with her. You're not going to get with her. You cannot leave this opportunity yeah. unchecked. You cannot leave her in a freaking tower. And then forcing her to go to dinner with you? Yeah, because mm. she's your captive. Yeah, like... Hmm. I mean, but the whole reason they're cursed is because he was an asshole to begin with. Yeah, so you would have thought over how many years he would have been like, maybe I should be less of an asshole. Nonsense. Why would I'm not even gonna go there? Yeah, like why would I change? I'm clearly not the problem. I mean, I made everyone in this horrible situation, but but I'm not really, the problem. I'm not the problem. It's, it's clearly so, my parents. Yeah. Um. So that was another guy. One. Uh, weird science. Highly problematic, but also threads of cool empowerment type things. So uh, two nerds. Go ahead and with their home computer, sure, because a home computer in the 80s has the, (laughs) they basically create their version of a perfect woman. Like, I think one of the guys steals a bra from either the mom or the sister, which is highly creepy. And they like feed it into the disk drive. For those of you who, you know, have not seen disk drives, (laughs) they were little slots you put file, like slide disks into. Oh my God, I feel old now. Yeah, right? Um, oh. for a reference, all you youngins, you know, when you go to save a file on a word processing thing, it looks like this little rectangle thing with another little like white rectangle in it. That's what discs used to look like. So anywho, um, I can't believe we just had to explain that. Well, of course we did. Cause everyone's like, uh, obviously you put that on a flash drive or you just put that shit on the cloud. Um, so yeah, so again, we're talking about an 80s. So it's pre all of these 
newfangled things. Mm -hmm. And so basically they put in all the shit. They like have parameters for like sexiness and intelligence and I don't know, other bullshit. And so sure, they created a woman, right? And so she's like a supermodel. She's clearly older than the both of them, right? She's like in her prime 20s. And she makes them over because she's just like, um, yeah, we're going out because I have to go out because apparently that's what nascent uh, women want. And she basically is like trying to make them older looking by putting blazers on them. And I'm yes, talking blazers. So like they're already oversized to begin with on very skinny framed dudes. And then they go to like a weird like blues bar or something. The whole movie is so confusing when it really comes to it. But like the fact that she was just like, first, she's technically made over because they're deciding the parameters on what is going to be the perfect woman as guys, right? Mm -hmm. Like literally putting in parameters. And then she's just like, yeah, and you guys suck too. We've got to up the ante here. So that one's a weird one. It's in the title. I guess so. <laughs> All right. And then, so let's move on to the ones that I find way more problematic than everything we talked about so far, which is when women and girls uh, have to go through the unnecessary makeovers, you know, to have self-worth and such. Of course, because like, that, that's, that's all we are. It's the only way is if you are uh, sexually arousing someone. Mm -hmm. And with that, I will go directly to the musical that I really liked when I was little. And now I can't watch because one, it's super rapey. And because of the makeover thing. Grease. Mm -hmm. What the fuck, yo? Yeah. Grease. I don't, I don't, a lot of people love it. I have never liked Grease. I love the musicals because I'm a dork and I love it. A good Mm -hmm. song. Mm -hmm. But then you like, uh, you're the one that I want. Yeah. At the end where she has to be like all dolled up and sexed up like a pink lady a la Roz because nobody else really dressed like that except for Roz. I know. Um, and all he did was wear a fucking Letterman's jacket because he ran track and had zero nerve to tell absolutely anybody. Mm-hmm. Like that was his grand makeover. But she's got to get like a fucking perm and leather, leather pants. pants. Mm-hmm. High fucking heels. And yeah, no. No, I'm not buying it. No. Um, I was, I had one in my head, Wicked, actually, just oh. briefly. Do you remember the song Popular? Yes. Where, um, she's trying to make over Alphaba? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was showed more that, you know, Alphaba should just be whoever she wants to be because uh-huh. Linda was just a popular... And Glinda was going to become whatever, whoever was in power wanted her to be. Like, that's the whole gist of her character, right? It's just like, yeah, I mean, the wizard is a super sketchy dude, but like, he's the one in power and he's going to give us the things we wanted. So we're just going to roll with whatever it is he likes and wants. There was a line in that song. It was like, um, especially great communicators, leaders and whatnot. um, Do you think they had brains or knowledge? Don't make me laugh. They were popular. Yeah. And if you've ever read the book Mm -hmm. that the musical is based on, they have a lot of stuff where she's just like 
atrocious things are going on and they're taking all the animals with a capital A mm-hmm. um, that have speech and they're like separating the, the babies from their parents. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's how we get the cowardly line. Like, and she's a-okay with it because she gets the power she wants. Blah. Okay, we went on another yeah, rabbit hole, was... which is clearly a whole other podcast mm-hmm. we're going to talk about how creepy all that shit was. Yeah. And yet, really? So apropos for the times we're in. How creepy mm-hmm. was that? Yeah. Just put all that together and kind of bumped me out. All right, so we move on. Um, we have uh, Mean Girls. Yeah. She shows up as a Lindsay Lohan's character, which I don't even remember her name. Don't crucify me. It's okay. I haven't seen Mean Girls in a long time. I'm barely keeping the plot in my head. I just remember she got hot and then she became really shitty. They, they forced her to be hot yeah. to be their friend. Yeah. And the only reason really she's trying to be their friend is because she's trying to get in good with the hot guy. Yeah. And so she feels like she has to stupefy herself and pretend she doesn't know math when she's a, frac- a freaking math genius mm-hmm. just so that he would, quote unquote, tutor her incorrectly. What was the other thing? Um, I thought she was also trying to get in good to like get back at them for her friends. No, like so that. that, yeah, the whole plot. Oh, so we'll go through it real quick. So she shows up and she's like, my parents were missionaries or scientists or whatever. We were in the African savannah. I'm super well adjusted for never having been around other people who I guess were white other than my family. Of course. Um, so she shows up to this like super rich. Oh, I'm going to put a pin on Clueless and we're going to come back to it in a second. Oh, yeah. All right. And so she's in this school. And so the beginning part is actually super interesting because she is kind of analyzing the new environment of high school via her experience of the African savanna. So that was really interesting. But basically, she likes this dude. Um, She tries to be nice to everyone, including the popular girls. They're kind of jerks to her initially because she's the new weirdo. Like they're intrigued by her exoticness of being normal. Um, And I guess wearing her hair up. And all this ridiculousness. And so she becomes friends with the outcasts. The one gay guy in the entire school, apparently. Yeah, because apparently... Ugh, and then the former popular girl who was rejected by her friends middle school to high school and now has decided that she must be uber goth. Because, you know, that's the rejection of all things popular. I feel like there's also an episode here about reverse makeovers. <laughs> yes, like I have to purposely, quote unquote, ugly myself. As a shield. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so that's like, then they become like the girls like, oh, they were super mean to me. And my whole purpose for living and existing is to show those girls. And so that's when they contrive the whole scheme that Lindsay Lohan's character is going to infiltrate the mean girls. And then... She's like, yeah, but this actually is really working for me because I have all this power and access to the dude that I really like. So I'm just going to ditch you new friend. And then she ultimately goes back, claims her original normalness. Yeah. So that was Mean Girls. Um, another one is, is one that I particularly hate is The Bet, where the guys decide that, you know, I totally can make the ugliest girl here super hot. For X amount of money. Yeah, for sure that's going to happen. You know, um, so we're looking at she's all that. 
So basically you have the quote unquote bookish girl. And seriously, she's the same person with a pair of glasses. It's pretty much it. Maybe like she has her hair in a ponytail. That's another thing. Ponytails. Why are ponytails all of a sudden like the epitome of not cute? I don't know. Glasses and ponytails. Like even in Mean Girls are like, you can only wear your hair up once a week. I've seen it both ways. I've seen it go, um, ponytails are not cute. I've also seen ponytails are cute because they're like, oh, we can see your face now. Hmm. Interesting. Like, like remember in the end of The Incredibles? Ah, but she doesn't put her hair up. She just moves her hair, her bangs out of her face. But it's kind of similar. It is kind of similar. Yeah. I don't know. I always get that too. People are like, you should wear your hair down more. I was like, it is 98 degrees outside and like 70% humidity. No. Anywho. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she's all that. It's basically asshole decides that he has enough swag to um, manipulate this poor girl into becoming a little mini sex pot, mm-hmm. you know, for a bet. Which kind of is reminiscent of uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, but not quite. Yeah. But yeah, it's freaking, she's all that. It's no fun. Um, so we did Mean Girls. We did She's All That. We did Grease. Okay. So it was originally a Colombian. I want to say it was Colombian or Venezuelan. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> telenovela, which is Spanish for soap opera. And it was Betty La Fea which was aptly translated to Ugly Betty. Oh. Well, basically, the entire time, and like she like exaggeratedly, I mean, America, uh, America Ferreira is not an ugly woman. She has very good bone structure. They're like, Let's, we got this. We're going to give her frizzy hair, bangs, dark rim glasses, and braces. Done. And then by the end, she no longer has braces. She's figured out how to straighten her hair because that's another thing. Like you can't have curly hair. It has to now be straightened. Yeah, I never got that. that. I feel like curly hair is okay as long as it's up in a formal do. Yes. But like... And if you had to work for that curl. Like if you had to sit there and like use a shit ton of product Mm -hmm. to create the curl because your hair was not naturally curly and basically Mm -hmm. you're just culturally appropriating type of things. Um, in that updo, then it's totally fine. But if your hair is just naturally curly, like really, that's not very professional looking. Oh, anywho's. Um, so ugly Betty is it's in the freaking name. So I think we could skip past that. <laughs> but that segues really good into the Princess Diaries, mm-hmm. where um, that's the whole freaking movie. The plot of the entire that's fucking the movie. plot of the entire movie. Right, the entire movie. Which is just trying to convince us that Anne Hathaway, Anne fucking Hathaway, is not gorgeous. Yeah, like, really. Like, seriously. Come on, guys. She could wear whatever she wants. And, yeah. She basically had all her hair cut off in Les Mis and looked amazing. Yeah, she did. Like, come on, guys. (laughs) Try harder. So, I mean, and that has Julie Andrews and I love her, but. Then they're but, trying to make her be this whole other thing because she now has to be a quote-unquote princess. And you're like, all right, for a nation that only has like one fucking heir mm-hmm. that you sort of didn't really know about, maybe the I old think, way's not working. You know, I think it's just a call to femininity. 
Like, yes, that's what it is. Um, women who are more tomboyish or more quote unquote masculine, um, are unattractive and unappealing to men until they wear something really feminine and yeah, that the, and they change they their, completely into the very tightly defined box of what is a Western version of femininity. Mm-hmm. And you know, there there's nothing wrong with being feminine and no. enjoying that. There's nothing wrong, and some people feel powerful in that. Yeah. But there's also nothing wrong in like just not wanting to do that either. And finding your own definition of what femininity means for you. Yeah. And not yeah. having an external thing be the thing that defines or constricts you. And makeovers, I don't feel are bad inherently. completely. Inherently. Yeah. I feel like if you want to make a change in yourself and you decide that you want a makeover, then good on you. That's, but it has to come from within. It can't be forced like all this other thing, all these other examples. I feel like, um, it's people telling them you have to conform in order to be accepted, be accepted and be attractive and obtain the man you want. Yeah. It is very hard on normative. Um, so go ahead and walk us through a little bit of the breakfast club. Oh, that's man. also on our like emo girl because I'm using this as a shield because clearly I have some sort of trauma that I don't want to discuss. Yeah, she, um, well, that whole se- that whole movie was just a bunch of people being bored during detention in a cafeteria. But like the, what is it? The bad boy. It's been a hot minute since I've seen The Breakfast Club. Um, and the, like, so quote unquote, like tomboy, gothic, goth type chick, they're at odds the entire movie because obviously that means they like each other if they're fighting. That's how it always is. So, um, so she's basically Sundere. And he's fighting with her constantly. And I think like at the end, she ends up putting her hair back mm-hmm. and wearing a dress. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, you're like a woman a and trap? stuff. Or is it she just puts on a fucking sweater that Wasn't is like a, a pastel cutter? Because I think she was already wearing a skirt. I could be okay. incorrectly remember this. But I feel like she was already wearing like boots a kind of longish, dark colored skirt. And she had like a black frumpy looking thing. And uh, she had her hair kind of like in her face and sans makeup. And then Mm -hmm. Molly Ringwald's character is like, listen, this is how the game is played. And so lends her like a pastel colored sweater. Okay, yeah. Puts her hair back in a headband. So now you could see again the forehead. I didn't yeah. know it was such an erotic thing. So. Um, and and then all of a sudden, oh, and also has to teach her how to use lipstick. And now she can get her guy, which is, I don't know. Can we just talk really quickly about how that fucking essay they were supposed to write is the worst essay ever? Because it wasn't even a thousand words. Like that is such a lame essay. And that was just the academic in me talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, like seriously, it took you that long to come up with like less than a thousand words. Come on, guys. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the whole movie was just kind of, 
don't yeah. know. I, I, I think it was supposed to be a microcosm of um, high school life in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But it just ended up perpetuating a bunch of weird tropes. Yeah, it was interesting because it did bring up certain things like when they were sitting around in the in the circle mm-hmm. and the like, the, the, the actual discussion of you think you know me because you see this kind of facade that I put up, but mm-hmm. you don't know what the hell's happening with me. I thought that was really interesting and I wish they would have explored that a little bit more. No, yeah, instead they went But then they're like, you know back. what? Let's just go back to the other way because we're going back into the real world. So yeah. I'm going to pretend I don't know you in the halls. Mm-hmm. Which is, ugh. I... I don't know. I both love and hate 80s movies. Yes. As a child of the 80s, I concur. <laughs> um, oh, what was another one? Speaking of highly problematic, but somehow portrayed as ridiculously romantic, Pretty Woman. Yeah. Like yeah. she was a sex worker. Yes. Which apparently makes her not acceptable or something. Well, I don't it know. Makes because... her a thing. A thing. Yeah. And uh literally. Yeah. And then they just make her into like this really like bougie? socialite. Yeah, like yeah. a bougie so- uh, socialite. Um that whole movie's actually got a lot of scenes where you're just like, "Ooh, that was eek." Mhm. The whole Jason Alexander character. He's a uh, George from Steinfeld. Yeah. Oh, when he's having the talk with her and you're like, oh, this is like how everyone else sees her. It's, it's like, you know, I see that you dolled up. You look great. That's awesome. And like, who else can we contract? Because I'm going to need someone the next weekend. And what is your going rate for insert sexual innuendos here? Yeesh. Like the whole movie is just terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. And it's also terrible because it's like a lot of women like mm-hmm. tearing each other down the entire time as well. Yeah. Like the the shopkeepers are horrible to her. Mm-hmm. Um, her roommate is a horrible human being as well because like steals all her money mm-hmm. that she's been trying to save because she's trying to, I forget what the hell she was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Was Move there something... Was there something similar, like, remember when Harry met Sally? Also highly problematic. Yeah. Did she, um, did she get all dialed up and then he, he ended up liking her? Sort of. Yeah. It was sort of that. Yeah. She finally realizes that she likes him Mm -hmm. and she's like, oh no, I'm losing him. I have to do all these other things. So she tries to not, I don't know if it's dialed up per se, but she Mm -hmm. tries to not be the way she has always been with him in order to catch him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't like that whole movie for a whole other mess of reasons. Yeah, we could talk about that dude later too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are those. Let's talk about. Well, um, I've got an example, kind of. Okay, go for it. Go for it. Um, it's actually from a manga. I started reading it and then it became an anime. I think it translates to the Wallflowers, but the Japanese version is Nadeshko Shichi Henge. And it's this goth girl. Mm-hmm. Who's um, who whose mom or something? Basically, somebody famous, and she's like, "You're gonna be living with this group of dudes, who are my friends' kids, for your high school career." And they are all models. They're all male models. Sure. Um. So she, they move in, and they are repulsed by her because she's into like 
all the creepy stuff like, you know, witches and black magic and she dressed super goth in her room. I think her, her room is fucking awesome. It's like a dungeon with bats nice. and all this cool like horror shit. Well, they're like creeped out by her and they're constantly afraid that they're going to get a curse from her. But I guess like one day they were looking at her face and like, oh, wow, you actually kind of have a pretty face. You could be a model. And from then on out, they keep trying to convince her to come out of her shower because she basically lived in her room. And they're Mm -hmm. like, you can be like us. You just need to come out of your shell and then dress normal and you can be hot. And like by the end of it, like she still has kind of her like goth tendencies, but mm-hmm. she conforms and ends up having her, you know, changing her wardrobe. Yeah. It's just kind of, and even like in, I love Orin High School Host Club. I really do. But her, he's a huge tomboy. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'm just going to wear whatever's cheap. Just leave me alone. And they actually initially think she's a guy. And it isn't until, like, I think she messed up because as she was in the host club, she messed something up and they were putting her into a female or a women's uniform for the school as, you know, punishment. Mm. And that's when Tamaki's like, oh, you're a girl and you're actually really cute. And from then on out, the entire series, they try to, they come up with these crazy scenarios just so they can get dress Haruhi up as a girl. And they never think she's cute when like, she's she's a host, she's a self, herself. It's only when she's dressed as like a really girly girl that they're like, oh man, she's so cute. I want to get with her. Yeah. And that really bothers me. Yeah, because you're just like, and there's always this the, this thread where it's basically I am going to completely change who I am mm-hmm. as the girl, right? To yeah. conform and be liked by the popular guy. Yeah. And then it's like, really, the guy who's loved me this entire time is my best friend, dude, but never made a move. Mm-hmm. Insert friend zone trope right there. Um, but then. It isn't until I have now become this other type of person that I feel confident enough to go after the guy that I was already basically going out with, but he was too chicken to ask me out. So actually, that reminds (laughs) me of... uh, Which is also the the fucking Princess Diaries, by the way. Yep. That reminds me of the Apocalypse Saga in um, Utena. Mm -hmm. When she... um, And the principal, by the way, she's in middle school and she's... The Japan. Hitting on her. And, um, you know, when she starts getting out there, everybody starts commenting, being like, oh, you know, because she is like a prince at that school. She wears the male uniform. All the women want to be her or have crushes on her and everything. And, um, and it's like, everybody's like, oh, you got more girly now that you're with the, the principal. And she's like, oh, am I? Hmm. And um, she realizes later, like, even um, at the very, very end, I don't want to spoil anything. He's like, see, you can be a princess for me. And she's like, nah, fuck that. And takes the sword and like starts fighting the shit out of him. But yeah, she realizes she's like, that's not who I am. Yeah. 
I, I think I like that series because it explores gender tropes so mm-hmm. much. Such and, a great series. And it circumvents them. And it goes through, I think, a lot of feelings that women have of mm-hmm. inadequacy and being true to who you are. And I mean, everybody succumbs to it, even like the strongest people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always really good to talk about. Um, the other one that has gotten a really a lot of press lately because it just came out, I want to say over the summer on Netflix, um, Insatiable. So, so much really bad messages going on in that whole show. So basically she was a fat girl who was picked on and bullied her entire like childhood to adolescence. She, because why not, gets attacked by some homeless dude who like ends up punching her in the face or something. And so she has to get her jaw wired shut so that it'll heal. And so she can't eat her feelings, which is ultimately what she was doing. She was self-medicating through Mm -hmm. food. So because she can't do that, she loses all this weight. And she goes back to school and all of a sudden she's the hot girl. Right? And everyone's like, oh my God, you're so hot. I'm saying it because that's like the voices that they give these people. But they're Southern Bells, which is very confusing. (laughs) So they're like Valley Southern Bells. It's very weird. Anyway, so it's like... It's a thing. So apparently um, all the mean girls in this school, all the pretty mean girls were beauty pageant contestants. But the beauty pageant is uh, held up by the church. Which That's weird. Gets even creepier, of course. It's like, who's going to be the best Christian girl? And you're like, yeah. Um, yeah. So like, she's just this horrible person. She was a horrible person pretty much before. And that like she hated everyone, but now she's treating everyone the way that she was treated before and is mad that like now she has not, she no longer has the right to be the way that they were with her. It's like this whole other thing. But basically, what could have been a super interesting kind of view on these identity dynamics really just gets boiled down to, I finally lost the weight. I'm not going to address at all the issues that got me to self-medicate with food. But I will now, my sole purpose for living is to destroy these girls in the one thing that they love, beauty pageants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of, uh, oh, it was in my head. There's an, another anime series that actually um, came out a few seasons ago about this girl who was... Um, she wasn't popular, but she but people made friends with her. She was actually friends with a lot of hot guys. Okay. And like she was in uh, like the manager of different sports teams and in clubs with these guys. And they just they were friends. Well, apparently she was a super um, Fujoshi, which mm-hmm. is a girl who loves Yaoi, which is boys love. Anyways, um, so in her head, all of her friends, she would ship them together. Oh, my goodness. So. Apparently her favorite character died and she went into mourning and didn't eat for seven days. I don't know. Sure. But apparently in those seven days, she lost all of her weight <laughs> and became super hot. That's Japan. And, now, and now all of her friends were like, hey. who the hell are you? And they're fighting over dating her. And there's an episode where she gains all the weight back and a bunch of the guys are like, we gotta, we gotta make you lose weight again. Like they keep, oh, shit. yeah, except for one guy. And she, and he's like, you know what? You've always been this way. And he actually stands up to everybody. He's like, 
I will date her no matter what. Hey. But the rest of the guys are like, no, we got to make her lose the weight. And like, they're just, there's an entire episode where they'll try to make her run, try to make her sad, make her sad again so she doesn't eat. Like, how messed up is that? How messed up is that? Super messed up. And you know, you just triggered something in my head about another one where it's like the makeover and I can't believe I forgot it because I, I don't know if I like hate like it or if I just like it despite its problems. Mm-hmm. 13 going on 30. Oh. So basically it's the regret of the makeover, mm-hmm. right? Her entire life is the regret of the makeover to become the popular girl. That's interesting. I mean, it's like a reverse. Right. But yeah. I mean, the entire thing, like the the whole impetus is that, you know, she's 13. She wishes that she could be different. She wishes she could be part of the cool kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she wakes up at 30 and is like, well, this is your life now. And you're this horrible person. And, uh, you know, I guess consequences. But it kind of seemed like from all extensive purposes and evidence that we're given, it seems like in that the person she became mm-hmm. was happy in what she was doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's only the 13-year-old who hasn't actually become that person that is just like, this is a horrible person. Why would you be like this? And then wants to change her trajectory. So it's like Scrooge? Yeah. With mm-hmm. a makeover? Instead mm-hmm. of like not letting a poor family with a little invalid child starved to death on a Christmas? Yeah, I feel like Scrooge is, Scrooge has a good message. This has, no. Because you can be hot and have a makeover and not be a shitty person. Right, and I, you know what? It's not like Scrooge. Because in Scrooge, he's, he, when you meet him, has already become that person and owns all those decisions, mm-hmm. right? And then it's just like, I can change my ways. In 13 going on 30, the 13-year-old persona, like who she is as a 13-year-old is implanted into the 30-year-old that has already become mm. the person she thinks she wants to be as a 13-year-old. Okay. She wants to be a writer for the fashion magazine thing she's obsessed with. She wants to be best friends with the mean girl, who's mm-hmm. the popular girl. She wants to have gone out with the mm-hmm. cool guy from school. Mm-hmm. Um, And to leave all the things that made her quote unquote uncool, which apparently was like hanging out with her neighbor boy, uh, Maddie, who is played by Matt Ruffalo. Oh my God. Yeah. Who, complete tangent, and Mm -hmm. I'll come back to the point in a second. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about how he is amazing and that he can actually play like the super like goofy, adorable, romantic lead? And then the creepiest person on fucking world? like serial killer level creepy. Yeah. That's a change. That's all I'm saying. All right. So back to the whole thing. So 13 going on 30, you have this whole thing where it's like, it's Scrooge adjacent, but it's the 13 year old who has not become that 30 year old that then sees the 30 year old and judges that 30 year old. Yeah. I feel like they didn't have to regret the makeover if they liked it. They can like themselves. They can just, not be a shitty person <laughs> right exactly like, the makeover is physical it doesn't change like who you are 
inside, I would like to think. Yeah. And maybe that's just me. (laughs) And the other one that I had put a pin on earlier and and I wanted to touch base with you was Mm -hmm. uh, Clueless. Okay. It's been a while since I've seen that. So I forget her name. Alicia Silverstone's character. Mm -hmm. Cher. Her name is Cher. Cher. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to yell in your ears. I was really excited. I remember that. Um, (laughs) So Cher sees the new girl who has curly hair. Mm -hmm. We got that trope happening. And it's just like, poor thing. We should help her. But she's not being evil about it. Like Mm -hmm. she's legit is like this like sweet ingenue in this whole world. Mm -hmm. And um, takes it upon herself to help this girl become popular or popular. More into herself. I don't know. Um, It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. And like her friends are horrible, but like you get the sense that she's actually the sweet person. I mean, Mm -hmm. Cher, Alicia Silverstone. And she tries to change into all these other things. And then realizes she's in love with Paul Rudd, who hasn't aged in years, by the way. Like, I'm convinced there is a portrait of him somewhere in some closet aging. Because the man looks the freaking same almost today as he did in Clueless. Magic. He found the fountain of youth. He's a vampire. Um, Him and Pharrell. But that's a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. So then in the whole process of this, like, you realize she's... Cher's always been a nice person. Like you're, she's generally trying to help, even though she may not understand how to help people. Mm-hmm. Like the like the whole like, oh, well, we should just give them this. Mm-hmm. Seems very sheltered type of of a situation. But anyway, so then I think I want to say that the girl they're trying to make over, um, at the end is like, no, but I'm actually quite happy. Like, thanks, that was cool. We got to hang mm-hmm. out, but like, I, I'm good. Yeah, and they're all perplexed by this. Except for Cher. I think Cher then says like, no, yeah, you're right. You are kind of cool. You know, because we were talking about what not to wear. Mm, yes. The Before reason I don't like what not to wear is because the, can, the people on the show didn't choose the makeover. Yes. Somebody else has to nominate them. And I do think that's a jerk move. And then they get completely and totally embarrassed on national TV. Right. And then, you know, if and then they do a follow-up and if they don't conform, it's a failure. It's a failure. That that really bothers me, actually. Yeah, because that could have been a show that was not mm. so horrible. Because I do feel like a couple of people were stuck in a rut because they just hadn't dealt with certain things. And they were like mm-hmm. holding on to a past or a version of themselves that they were not anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes you need that type of a, a help to get past that hurdle. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The fact that you, as the person on the show, never opted. I mean, I guess you signed the waiver to be on the freaking thing. I mean, you signed a release or you wouldn't be I on don't the know. episode that aired. Well, I feel like they aired it. They they started taping. And then after the fact, they asked I mean, they probably them. bullied you into it, but they can't yeah. release it, that episode if you don't sign the release. Yeah, that whole, I don't know. I, I don't like that show. It gives me... Bad vibes. Mostly because, like, I know some people that were like, I'd nominate you for that show. And I'm like, oh. Oh, That's like telling somebody you look terrible. You would look great if only. 
Yeah. Insert reasons that they have now decided for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. I like the part of the show. Again, I, I guess I'm really good at compartmentalizing. Um, child of the 80s. So, and a geek girl. So I guess I compartmentalize really, really well. Where I'm like, oh, there's no representation of women that is at all positive here, but mm-hmm. swords and sabers. Um, anywho. So the thing that I liked is the very stark, constant reminder that clothes you buy in stores is not made to fit everybody. Mm-hmm. But if you do very light tailoring, mm-hmm. it can fit your actual body. Because sometimes, you know, like you have this idea like, oh, you know, none of the clothes looks good on me. There must be something wrong with me. And it's like, no, no. All of this clothes is made to one body type. Well, we're not all one body type. That was nice, but it's just still. I mean, I does not like. Yeah. It was wrapped in something terrible. We could have gotten that message without. Like I said, really good at compartmentalizing right here. (laughs) Um, Oh, so the other one I wanted to talk about, which I thought was. Let's now talk about the ones that are a twist on the trope, right? That like. Mm -hmm look the trope right in the eye and are like, not today, Satan. Mm-hmm. So the most memorable one for me and the one that like shocked me the most, especially at a very young age where I, I was able to take a step back and be like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. The Twilight Zone episode with the cosmetic surgery where she's all bandaged up and they're like, oh, hopefully this will help and, you know, got you to look the way you should. Da, da, da. And it's kind of like this whole built up of, well, hopefully now you won't be this ugly monster, <laughs> right? And then mm-hmm. finally they unravel the the bandages around her head and she looks like fucking Grace Kelly or something. Yeah. And they, she starts screaming and you're like, what? And then they pan out and everybody else looks what we would conventionally call horrific. Like monstery faces. I remember that episode. Crying because she is the monster in that context. Yeah. That fucking Twilight Zone, such a good show. Ahead of its time. Super ahead of time. I'm very excited, uh, very, very excited that Jordan Peele is going to be... Making the new one? Yes. I think that's going to be crazy trippy. Mm -hmm. But so that's my favorite kind of twist on the trope because it looks at it and it's just like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. You think you know what's happening because it's such a such a defined trope, the makeover, and that you're not pretty enough or don't fulfill standards, but it just turns it on its head in such a beautiful way. Um, So there's that one. And then you and I were talking about Steven Universe. Yeah, the Sadie episode. Yes. I love that one for so many reasons. First, big hearts for Steven Universe. Love Steven Universe. But um, so Sadie, so Steven finds out that Sadie can sing. And gets super excited. And, you know, Stephen likes to fix things is ultimately his thing. He does. He has a good heart. But sometimes... But much like Cher in Clueless, Mm -hmm. decides to fix things that don't need fixing sometimes. Um, And people are like good humored and kind of go along with it for a second. Mm -hmm. Because Stephen is so adorable. So when he was like, oh, we should do this. And she's like, we can't tell my mom. Like, it's cool as long as we don't tell my mom. And then the mom finds out and the mom like goes super crazy stage mom 
and decides yeah. that she's not going to make over Sadie into a pop star. And there's makeup involved. There's like asymmetrical ponytails involved. Mm-hmm. There's clothing that has nothing to do with Sadie. And so basically she's just letting this happen to herself in a daze. Like she's just catonic almost. Poor thing. Mm-hmm. And Steven and Sadie's mom are super excited about this. Get it all up. They have a concert going on. And she's just like, I can't do this. And just runs away. Which is Quite awesome for her. So. I mean, yeah, like, awesome that yeah. she was able to stand up for herself like that. And then Stephen, like, totally my bad. You're right. I totally overstepped my bounds. You're super cool. If you don't want to do this, you don't have to do this. And then they're like, well, what are we going to do? All these people showed up for a show. And he's like, please, I got this. I will totally, like, David Bowie glam star my way through this song. Oh, and which Steven. he does. Because he's Stephen. Mm -hmm. because he's amazing he really is he's just a little cinnamon bun he is I adore him okay so I think like what we want to improve if this like we said earlier um, the only way to make this trip right is if the makeover comes from within you can't force it yes you can't force it um Which goes back to our whole problem of like consent, people. Yes. If they don't want to change and they're happy the way they are, stop making them feel like shit for being the way they are. And if they don't want to change and they're not happy how they are, you have to wait until they want to change. Yeah, just be a supportive friend. I can't believe I have to say that. Just (laughs) be a supportive friend. Yeah. And that that does not mean that you're enabling things that are, you know, detrimental to that person or your friend's um, Mm -hmm. well-being. And we're not talking about being enablers. Mm -hmm. But like, oh, you need to look a certain way so that society accepts you is not the same as like, maybe, you know, I'm not going to give you money to score more drugs. But yeah, I think that I've wrapped it up. I think we... We actually did really well. <laughs> we fixed the world, Nikki. We fixed it's the world. It's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody listens to this podcast, right? Right, listeners? Bobs. Of course. Yeah. We're worldwide. Everyone knows Speaking that. Speaking of which, you should have your friends listen to this podcast too. And subscribe. Yeah. Man, maybe we should do a shameless plug right here. And here we go. So, thank you so much for listening to our latest Trope Time episode. Nikki and I really appreciate you spending the time with us. We want to shout out to our friends on Nerd On the podcast. They are the main podcast for nerdon.tv and they're super cool. So if you like pop culture and fandoms, which you must because you're listening to Nikki and me, um, check them out as well. You can find their RSS feed and all that other stuff on either our website or where you get your own mm-hmm. podcasty stuff. As Mickey mentioned, please do not forget to click subscribe to Trope Time. That way you will be informed of all our uh, newest episodes on either iTunes or whatever platform you listen to um, your podcasts on. If you could leave us a quick review, we are a baby podcast. So the more reviews we get and um, rates, the better. Because that means that we get moved on and can actually be suggested to other people. So spread the word. We would really appreciate it. We would. A lot. Please. Hey. 
right, guys. Um, we're out, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Have a good month, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.